Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a second, and just anything else that's going on around you, just let it fall by the wayside, just make yourself available to God and let him reveal himself to you. You don't have to get his attention. You don't have to list off the issues in your in your life that are a, a problem or tell him what you want him to do. Your spirit is one with God. So you everything that's going on in your life all the circumstances that he's crafted, you are in agreement with him. So let's talk a little bit about circumstances. One of the things we want to make sure we do is to not be victims of our circumstances. So when we say that God arranges all the circumstances, all the situations that we find ourselves in, that in no way implies that we are passive, that we just accept the circumstances that we're in. We recognize God's purpose for our lives. We are not controlled by our circumstances. We're not victim of our circumstances, but we recognize that the circumstances are opportunity. The situation you're in right now is God's training field for you. Because again, what's his purpose for you? That you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. And we've talked so so often about how if God wanted, he could just, you know, blink and all Christians would be complete and entire, spirit, soul, and body. And all non-Christians could be complete, all spirit, soul, and body. But that there's something that God values that's only crafted by the process itself. This is Again, we go back to Adam and Eve. This is why they were removed from their perfect environment, their perfect circumstances. Every single day of their lives, however long that day was, however long their lives had been, was perfect. They were living and moving and being one with God, spirit, soul, and body. They had all the eternal life, they had all their needs met, all their natural needs, all their solical needs, all their spiritual needs. They were one with God. They were one with themselves, spirit, soul, and body. They were one with each other. They didn't have a care in the world. And With that, with that permanent environment, there were things that were not 
developed in them, like appreciation, work, making a mistake, asking for forgiveness, needing forgiveness. There were concepts, there were experiences that they would never experience in the garden, in that perfect existence. So God needed to remove them from the perfect circumstances and put them into imperfect circumstances. He controlled, God controlled the garden. God controlled everything outside the garden. He created it. He's, he's working through every molecule, every cell, every you know, molecule of oxygen, every, of, of water, of air, of the ground beneath our feet, of time, of gravity. Every aspect is under his control. He created it all. But for each one of us, he's crafted circumstances for our benefit. And it's not for our benefit that we are going to be just like uh, on a, a leaf on a stream where he just carries us along and we just land where we land and whatever happens, you know, que sera, sera, whatever happens, what will be, will be. No. He's, he's raising us up. He's restoring our soul. And the part of the, there's the part of that process of restoring our soul that our soul needs to learn its own identity. We can learn our spiritual identity, experience our spiritual identity without also, and maybe to some extent, first experiencing our soulical identity. When you think of yourself, odds are you're going to think of yourself in terms of natural components. If I decided, if I asked you, describe yourself. You might, you know, describe your, your, your gender, your age, what you look like, whether you're married or not, how many kids you have, the work you do, whether you like to garden or not. All those things are natural aspects of your identity, of your natural identity, which God loves and values. And then you may get down to, after you get to know somebody, talking about your temperament, your character, your mind, will, and emotions, things you love to do things that make you happy, things that make you sad, things that you are avoid of. Oh, I hate scary movies. Or, you know, uh, uh, you know, pro- problems in your family, in your relationships, problems in your work. You know, we have a tendency to be very negative. We often talk about things that are going wrong in our life over things that are going right. And that's a predisposition that we have. 
But that's how we approach our soul. And usually that's about as far as we go. As we, we look at what's going on in our emotions, our mind, and our will, decisions we have to make, for instance. And we go, okay, that's once we solve that problem, we go back to living out of our nature, out of our natural, our body nature, our natural identity. When God puts us in circumstances and situations where we don't have resources to the time, very often he wants us to first seek those resources within our soul because they're all available in your spirit. Again, if he wanted us all just to be complete and entire, he'd just, okay, it's done. He speaks the word and it's done instantaneously in the blink of an eye. But that's not his purpose. You know, when you became a Christian, he could just bonk you on the head, take you to heaven. Why are you still here? And it's not to do his work. He doesn't need any help. He doesn't need any help. Let's, you know, let's go back and, you know, to the, you know, um, first, you know, disciples. You know, Christ taught his disciples. Then he died and he rose again and then they were all gathered and they had it all in experience and then they went out and they proclaimed who Jesus was. Jesus didn't need them to do that. He could have done that all on his own. And even when he was walking around teaching his disciples, he didn't need his disciples to spread the good news. He himself turned the world upside down, not his disciples. You know, and at the end, they all turned their back on him. But he didn't need them. He still doesn't need us. He sent those specific people to do specific tasks. You know, go into all the world and preach the gospel, preach the good news. And sometimes we'll get, we'll get into what that meant according to the original text. But he spent specific, he sent specific people whom he had specifically taught, and he gave them specific tasks to accomplish specific goals. Those goals were not related to him, to the kingdom, to the ministry. Those goals were related to the people he sent. The people, the disciples he sent to speak about him, to teach about him, he sent for their benefit. The circumstances that he has for your benefit, it's not just to bless you or to, uh, you know, uh, work a wondrous, you know, uh, benefit in you or to, you know, get you from point A or to B. 
or teach you about this or that or even to bring you healing. It's to, to restore your soul. Because here's, here's, here's the dichotomy. You know, we're very much good and evil. We look for the dichotomy, the bad and the good, you know, the left hand and the right hand. We have a tendency, and again, God knows this. He, he made it part of us to see things in black and white, either or. So when we think about our circumstances, very often we fall into one of these broad categories. We're either active or passive. What, am I, what do I mean by that? We're passive and we think, okay, God has me in these circumstances. I know he'll get me through. And I'm just going to wait and see what he does. I'm going to stand back and see the glory of the Lord. And I can't wait to see what he's going to do. And then there's the activism. I need to get myself out of this. I need to pray and fast and, and you know, seek counsel and, and make things change. I need to change the circumstances I'm in. And that's active. There's a, we, that, that we are the ones who have to fix the circumstances. God puts us in, you know, in a pit, and we have to climb out. We have to figure out a way out of that pit. Or God puts us in a pit, and we just have to wait and see till he drops a ladder for, to, for us to get out of the pit. Well, there's a third option, and that's being deliberate. When you see the pit that God has put you in as an opportunity to restore your soul, something about your soul, something about your relationship with God, something about your soul learning how to live as, how to exercise the power and authority that you already have. How else do we learn? You know, we're, you know, we have a very short period of time here on this earth, you know, compared to, you know, let's say Methuselah, 969 years. We have a very short period of time. And most of us have a very short range or not extensive uh, sphere of influence. So our circumstances are limited. Our, our pit is not usually not that big, not that drastic. Not all the time. Sometimes, you know, especially these days, our pit can get pretty big and be filling up with water. But how did Jesus live his life? He saw his time here on this earth while he was accomplishing, waiting for the time of the crucifixion. There was a set time for that. His father sent him to die on a cross at a certain time, in a certain circumstance, and before a certain uh, Roman uh, tribunal, before certain Jewish priests. He, there were circumstances that he had to wait till they were in place for him to be crucified and then rise again with a, with an audience with certain people waiting there were there were markers there was a a plan and a purpose for the time and the manner of Jesus's crucifixion his burial his resurrection his ascension everything 
there was a, a plan and a purpose for. And in the meantime, as Jesus was was following up on pre- preparing for that important role that he had as, as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, he was teaching his disciples how to live as solical beings who had power and authority in their soul. Standing of even when we look at, at the scriptures and what they say about spirit, soul, and body, we bring our own understanding, our own beliefs to that presentation, that representation in the scriptures. doesn't matter what version, what translation, what, uh, you know, um, how well it was translated or anything. We, we all bring our own life's experience, our own church experience, our doctrines, our temperament, our wounds. We bring an interpretation, a filter rose-colored glasses, you know, um, blue-colored glasses, green-colored glasses. We filter everything we perceive. And God is drawing us to where we can see through a glass, not darkly, but see him face-to-face, where we can know him as he is. Now, none of us, I don't think, are able to see him as he is yet. It would consume us. We would not be able to. Our soul, because our soul is not yet restored to our spirit, that that experience of knowing him would, you know, I'm not sure whether it would, you know, blow us up or obliterate us or destroy our soul or whatever. Not sure. But I know it is his goodness, his loving kindness, that he's patient with us and is giving us time through our circumstances to be conformed to his, his image, not his reality, his image, his soul. This is, what he, what, this is who Jesus is. This is what he looks like. This is what he does. Go and do likewise. He he functioned here on this earth as a spirit that had a soul that lived in a body. That's who you and I are. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And yet we focus so much of our attention on our behavior, on our body, how we're doing comparatively in the natural, how we're doing in finances, how, you know, if somebody's, you know, getting a promotion in at work, oh, you know, it's due to prayer. You know, I've really been praying for this promotion. Um, I think I told this story. I worked at a quite a large ministry, international ministry. It was on TV. And we had a print shop, and there was a, a prophet that came through and was ministering to uh, the staff, and he called out somebody who turned out to be the head of the print shop and just gave him all these 
wonderful words from God that God was really pouring his spirit on him and was going to bless him and reward him for for all the effort he'd been putting forth and how he was, you know, going to see a great increase in his family and a great increase in a promotion. And what was really fascinating is his, he came on a Tuesday and Friday he was fired from the ministry. Turns out he'd been stealing and uh, several other issues we won't get into, but totally we're, we're so far off from our discernment. We're so far off from our soul working effect. When I say that you and I have the same power and authority in our soul that Christ did, as he was walking around, you can raise the dead. You have all the power and authority to raise the dead, to place your hands on a hospital and heal everybody in that hospital. You could, you have the power to stop the earth from rotating. You do. I do. And yet we can't even get our prayers answered. You know, we can't get our children healed. You know, people come to our, you know, so-called houses of worship with mental issues or drug addictions, gambling addictions, any kind of addictions. And what do we do? We send them to a psychologist. We send them to a clinic. Because we, we are powerless against these things. I think in a lot of respects it's because we don't understand that that's our job, that's our duty, is to learn how to exercise power and authority in the soulical realm. That the reason God is sending these people to us for help is because we need to learn how to help them. So, if you're, when you're in a pit and it's filling up with water, that's the circumstance that God wants to use to teach you how to use the power and authority that you already have. Not to be active, okay, you know, uh, and, you know, start digging your way out or to be passive and drowned, but to go, okay, how, you know, what power is in my soul? What authority do I have? How do I, as a soul co-being, get out of this? And we always start with asking God. You know, I think we all have this, this idea about what prayer is. And so often it's just basically just telling God what he should do what we want him to do. And so we have a real hard time in an emergency like that. We're in the pit, and the water's filling up. We're going, okay, I'm going to just crawl out of here under my own power. I'm going to use my, you know, uh, or I'm going to use, use the phone. But I'm going to do it on my own. Or I'm just going to wait until he, you know, sends an angel to come and, get me out or we go okay God 
what am I supposed to learn here? And when we, hopefully, we are, have, when we're in that situation, we know how to hear him. Now, he might say, wait, I'm going to send an angel to get you out. He might say, yes, go ahead and just dig and crawl and climb yourself, climb your way out and keep on doing it until you get out. He, those might be the ways he wants you to get out. But those, if we don't ask him first and if we don't hear from him first, we are relying on our natural strength and not our soulical power and authority. So, for instance, you know, another situation, oh, you know, you say you got to say you hate your work. But this is where God has you and, you know, I'm making enough money to pay for everything. And yeah, that's which is a very important to pay for your your, your family. But does that mean that you have to Remain where you're at? No, you ask God. I think a lot of times why we don't ask God is because we're afraid he's going to tell us to do something we're scared to do. We don't like change. We don't, we have a fear of making a mistake. It's so much easier to just be the same as everybody else. You know, we, we go to a church, we have beliefs and doctrines that are comfortable for us. We do and say and are, are linked with people who most of the time are like us and, and we, can, we have the same language, we have the same expectations, And yet, what God has for us as individuals. Now, that doesn't mean anybody else, you know, some of these challenges that God puts us in, these pits, these circumstances, doesn't have to be anything dramatic. It could just be something in our lives that we've never been able to conquer out of our own strength. You know, we've talked about going around the mountain. How many times do we have to go around this mountain? Well, it might be have nothing to do with, it could be just your, your approach to the mountain. God may not want you to go around the mountain at all. He, want, he may want you to send that mountain into the sea and just remove it out of your way altogether. But if you, ever, if you never ask him, God, what do I do about this mountain? So, well, tell it to be cast into the sea. So we are changing expectations. We are changing the, the, the board. What is really going on with our circumstances? What is really going on with the, with the position, the plan that God has us in? We are not victims of our circumstances. Your circumstances are an opportunity 
for you to learn to live and move as a spirit being that has a soul that has the power and authority to create, to change, to heal, to raise the dead, to have, you know, uh, miracles, to speak life into situations, to speak life to the dead. Anything, when Jesus was walking around, anything he did, we can do and greater. Because by going to the Father, he made everything available to us. By not staying here, he broke all the limits. He gave us, here's the world. Here are all the circumstances. No, we don't look to him as a, as a man, as a person here on this earth. But now anything between the earth and God himself, we fill that gap. You and I, our soul. Your spirit's perfect. Your spirit's done. Your spirit is one with God. Your spirit will never change. Your spirit has eternal life. You put a check mark next to who you truly are, your spirit. God says, you are my beloved. I am well pleased with you. You're in me. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy you're in me. That's done. Your body is part of this earth. It's a gift he gave you for this earth. The battleground, our challenge, our opportunity is the soulical realm, your mind, will, and emotions, and, and the power and authority that's available that we are neglecting and we have all, nothing but opportunity and we are not victims. So hopefully be encouraged about what your, your circumstances are. Feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org. Go to the website, fill out the contact form, or contact me through Block Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>